as a community, we must plan ahead like we're growing fast, because we are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in fact promised that this deen is going to continue to spread. Allah says, وَلَقَدْ كَتَبْنَا فِي الزَّبُورِ مِنْ بَعْدِ الذِّكْرِ أَنَّ الْأَرْضَ يَرِثُهَا عِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحُونَ And we have already written in the book, after the previous reminder, that the land will be inherited by my righteous servants. Allah Ta'ala has promised in multiple revelations that the ummah will continue to grow and to prosper. But what about our particular community? Will, will we be left behind or will we continue to grow as well? It may continue to grow as it is now or we may see a reversal. And as the saying goes, the bigger they are, the, the harder they fall. And we don't want that to be the case with us. So we need to think about what causes the downfall of a community. What causes the downfall of a community? And I'd like to highlight seven points, inshallah ta'ala. The first being, the most clear, the most obvious, the worst crime that shaitan is always pushing us to do, which is shirk. Allah ta'ala tells us, Don't make as an equal with Allah Ta'ala any other deity and thereby become disgraced and forsaken. You want a quick, surefire way of disgracing and weakening and dividing the ummah? You fall into different forms of shirk where you call upon other than Allah. Now, alhamdulillah, I don't believe that our community has these types of practices, alhamdulillah. But unfortunately, when we look at the ummah at large, we find that in much of the Muslim world, in so many countries in the Muslim lands, we find what? grave worship, people calling upon the dead, different forms of shirk, unfortunately. And so it comes as no surprise that nowadays we, we, we see weakness in the ummah. We know that Allah Ta'ala commanded, That Allah Ta'ala has revealed that the masajid are for Allah alone. That the places of worship, you are only to call upon Allah. So do not invoke with Allah anybody else. So alhamdulillah, in this community, inshallah, we stick to this, these principles. We only make dua and call upon Allah. And so if we avoid shirk, then shaitan, of course, is going to move to the next effort, the next plan, which is what? Which is to look up to the disbelievers, which is to admire them, which is to see them as greater than you, which leads us to our very next point, which is what? Inclining towards the wicked. If we are strong enough to avoid any shirk, then shaitan is going to say, okay, fine, don't do shirk like they do, but don't you look up to them? Don't you want to dress like them and act like them and be like them and talk like them and try to imitate them in every single way? Allah Ta'ala tells us, Do not incline towards those who do wrong. You're not supposed to be watching them on your cell phones and tablets. You're not supposed to be admiring them and talking like them and memorizing their lyrics. You're not supposed to be memorizing all their stats and information. You're not supposed to be what? obsessive and keeping up with all the latest gossip and so interested in the people who do wrong, those who are of disbelieving. The Prophet says what? Whoever copies a people, then he is one of them. We know that if you love a certain people, that's who you're going to be raised with. So we need to be very cautious. We need to be very clear with our youth. Even though we are raised in this, we are raising our, this generation in this land, we do not want to be like those who are admiring those who disbelieve. Because it is always the weak that copy the strong. And so the moment you imitate a group of people, you are admitting that they are above me and I'm trying to climb up to be like them. I see them as above me, whether I admit it or not, deep in my heart, I want to admire them, look up to them, pay attention to them, memorize what they're doing. 
act like them, talk like them, walk like them, dress like them, etc. We all know the quote, imitation is the highest form of flattery. I'll say that again, imitation is the highest form of flattery. So be cautious and be careful who you are imitating. Don't be sheeple. That's a nice little combination of sheep and people. Don't be the type of people that are just like sheep, as the Prophet says. Don't be yes men or imitators or just people who follow. Saying if the people are good, then we'll be good, and if the people are wrong, then we'll be wrong. Don't be like this. Rather, what should you do? Walakin, wattinu anfusakum in nas and tuhsinu wa in asa'u fala tazlimu. Rather, make up your own minds. And if the people are good, then you could be good too. And if the people are evil, then don't behave unjustly. You don't need to follow people down their wicked path. If you can avoid imitating disbelievers, and what's going to happen next? If you can avoid looking up to either their shirk or looking up to their way of life of the disbeliever, and you are very proud and strong in your Islam, shaitan doesn't quit, unfortunately. We wish we did. You know, two different methods and then he stops. Unfortunately, he's going to come at it in a different angle. And what is that? Overconfidence in your Islam. I don't care about this shirk business. I only worship Allah. I don't dress or act or imitate or think like these people. I don't pay attention to them. I only focus on my deen. Shaitan is going to say, yes, yes, keep going, keep going. And then develop what? The third point, which is ujub, narcissism. A sense of what? Ujub means being impressed with oneself. Overconfidence. Looking at yourself. Pride. With such, looking at yourself with greatness. This overconfidence breeds complacency. The moment you have a sense of overconfidence, what happens? It breeds complacency. I don't need to improve because I'm the best already. There's nowhere for me to go because I've already hit the top. Complacency leads to failure because the, the moment you stop improving, then of course that's going to lead to your downfall. We know that the Prophet ﷺ led many battles with the Sahaba and just about for every single one of them, they were in the minority. They were a smaller group than the enemy. The enemy were always in bigger numbers. Except for in the Battle of Hunayn. In the Battle of Hunayn, the believers were bigger in number. And yet what happened? Allah Ta'ala mentions, وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنْ إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ فَلَمْ تُغْنِي عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا وَضَاقَتْ, وضاقت عَلَيْكُمُ الْأَرْضِ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ ثُمَّ وَلَّيْتُمْ مُدْبِرِينَ On the day of Hunayn, when your great numbers pleased you, أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ عُجُبْ It made you proud. Oh, look at us, we're in such big numbers. So, these big numbers, they pleased you, but it did not benefit you at all, and the earth was confining for you, even despite its vastness. You felt like the whole world was constricted on you, even though it was wide and vast. Then you turn your backs, fleeing. Can you imagine, on all the different battles, where the believers were smaller in number, they win. Then the one time that they're bigger in number, they get overconfident. What happens? Well, we know that when you have big numbers, psych psych psychologists, they'll call it what? The diffusion of responsibility, Right? Oh, well, we're such big numbers. Someone is going to go out there and fight. Someone's going to win. I don't have to do it. And when everybody passes the buck, when everybody feels like it's somebody else's responsibility, nobody does anything. This is the danger of being in such a big community. Everybody's thinking, somebody should do something. Someone's going to figure that out. Why is this not functioning? Why don't we have this program? Why are we working on this in our community? Don't worry. Someone's going to figure it out. And when everybody's thinking the same thing, that somebody else will do it, nobody does anything. This is very dangerous. This sense of ujub in your community, that can happen on a communal level, but can also happen on an individual level as well. When somebody's ego is inflated, they think they're above improvement. Who is the true friend in that scenario? The true friend is the one who humbles that individual. 
How many of us avoid this responsibility? If you know someone, if you have a friend who is unfortunately going down the path where they keep on pumping up and inflating their own ego, whether it's due to, I don't know, the salary that they're making or whatever they're doing in their life, something is having an effect on them. You should be a true friend and address the issue in an intelligent and wise way. Being nice to the arrogant is no better than being arrogant towards the nice. It's a good quote, you should remember it. That being nice to the arrogant is no better than being arrogant towards the nice. We should not be complacent. We should stand up and address this individual. And with pride comes the devaluing of others. Why? Because to make oneself big, you have to make others as small. The Prophet says what? Al-kibru batarul haq wa ghamtun nas. That pride is the rejection of reality, the rejection of truth and contempt for others, which leads us to our very next point, ta'ala. Point number four, the belittling and the devaluing of each other. As believers, we're supposed to value each other. The fact that somebody has the kalima of la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah in their heart should have value to you. The Prophet ﷺ says what? Al-Muslimu akhul Muslim la yazlimuhu wa la yakhdhuruhu wa la yahqiruhu. That the Muslim is the brother, is the brother of the, of, the, of the other Muslim. He doesn't oppress him, nor humiliate him, nor look down upon him. This is crucial. When you come into the masjid, you should not be looking down on a single person. They have la ilaha illallah in their hearts. So in the same way, if you found a mushaf, a copy of the Qur'an on the floor, you'd want to lift it up. Well, this person has Qur'an in their heart. This person has the love of Allah in their heart. It's more important than just what's written on a page. It's in them, in their consciousness, in their values, in how they speak, in how they live. So even more so, you want to elevate them when they're feeling low. You should have that attitude. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, At-taqwa ha-huna wa yushiru ila sadrihi thalatha marrat. He then said, Taqwa, God consciousness and piety is here. In other words, you can't know how righteous somebody is. You can have an idea. You might have an indication, but at the end of the day, you don't know people's level of taqwa. You can only guess and have some general idea. But ultimately, taqwa is in the heart, and therefore, it is between that person and Allah. And it is enough of an evil that a Muslim looks down on his Muslim brother. It is sufficient as an evil. Imagine if there was a, a meter or a gauge of evil, and you know what's a terrible thing, and when, when is it? Hit the max. It is sufficient. You want to max out, you're just fine. The moment you start looking down on others, that is sufficient for you as evil. So protect yourself from this evil. When you walk into the Muslim, have, uh, when you walk into the masjid, have value for every single Muslim that you see. Regardless of the person's clothes, or the car they drive, or the income that they're earning, or the speciality they have at work, or their appearance, level of strength, their social skills, how much charm they have, what type of friends they have. Ignore all of that and focus on the fact that this person is a Muslim and that is enough for them to have value in your eyes. And naturally, when you see little value in your Muslim brother, then you don't mind undercutting that individual. You don't mind belittling and therefore cheating that person, lying to that person, which leads me to my fifth point. Injustice, oppression, and cheating others in the ummah. This is what leads to downfall. This is what leads to downfall. As Allah Ta'ala tells us, Those who do wrong, those who are doing injustice to one another, they don't have any protector, nor do they have any helper whatsoever. This community, if we start to belittle each other, and therefore as the very next step, or let's go back a step, if you have arrogance in yourself, and therefore belittle others, and therefore start to cheat each other, what's going to happen? This, this sort of, you could say, these, this natural uh, step, one step after the other. What happens? You will not find help with Allah Ta'ala. As a community, you can see us slowly but surely degrade and fall apart. 
There's a nice quote that says, if you see fraud and don't say fraud, then you are the fraud. I'll say that again. If you see fraud and you don't say fraud, then you're the fraud. Keep this thought in mind. How often and unfortunate it is that we see people doing fraudulent things towards one another, doing all kinds of injustice and lying towards one another, and we laugh it off like it is nothing. Meanwhile, we know that the Prophet would call out a lie when he would hear it. We know that it is a sunnah to not let these things go, but to make it a big deal. As Aisha radhanha, she said, There was no behavior more hated or more detested to the Prophet than lying. وَلَقَدْ كَانَ الرَّجُلُ يُحَدِّثُ عِنْدَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِالْكِذْبَةِ فَمَا يَزَالُ فِي نَفْسِهِ حَتَّى يَعْلَمَ أَنَّهُ قَدْ أَحْدَثَ مِنْهَا التَّوْبَةً And that a man would tell a lie in the presence of the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم and then he would not be content until he knew that he had repented. So imagine, the Prophet imagine people in a gathering. One person says something exaggerated. One person says something in a way that is not fully true. And that does not slide. This continues to bother. This continues to become a problem until finally the person says, I've repented. I have to repent because I know what I did was wrong. And because the Prophet would not let this go as something small. So let's think about this and ask ourselves, how often do we witness people lying to one another and we just simply treat it like it's nothing? Have you ever seen your friend talking on the phone? Oh, don't worry. I'm leaving right now. I'm leaving right now. I'm going to see you real soon. The moment they hang up the phone, they say, don't worry about it. I'll, I'm going to leave in about a half an hour. No problem. And then you both just joke about it. Ha, 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 ha. High fives. And now you're just supporting this. No big deal, right? No. When you end up downplaying things that are big, you end up aggrandizing things that are small. I'll say that again. When you downplay the things that are important, like lying, when you downplay that, you will find that, subhanAllah, it's almost like a curse that you will end up being the type of person that makes a big deal of nothing. Why? Because you have your whole roles reversed. You didn't take lying as a big deal, you made it something small, now you will find that you will become very busy in trivial, nonsense, minutia. And this leads me to my sixth point. How does a community get destroyed? By bickering over small issues. By bickering over trivia. As Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهِ وَرَسُولَهُ وَلَا تَنَازَعُوا فَتَفْشَلُوا and obey Allah and His Messenger and don't dispute over minutia, over small things, over nonsense matters, and thus lose courage and then your strength would depart from you. Allah Ta'ala says it so beautifully that this is what happens when you end up bickering as a community over small things. You end up killing your momentum, your passion, your enthusiasm, any programs that were producing some beneficial results, that all of the enthusiasm was zapped and drained out of it. Why? because you ended up bickering over nonsense. We should remember a beautiful poem by Al-Qahtani in his Nuniya. He says, لا تفني عمرك في الجدال مخاصما إن الجدال يخل بالأديان واحذر مجادلة الرجال فإنها تدعو إلى الشحناء والشنآن وإذا اضطربت إلى الجدال ولم تجد لك مهربا وتلاقة الصفان which translates to, Don't waste your life in quarrels since arguing harms your faith. Beware of debating as it encourages rage and hate. If you're compelled to disputation and you can't find an escape, make the Qur'an your armor, the Sharia your sword, and don't deviate. So it's a, I tried to make it rhyme. 
but it's a, it's a very beautiful poem, it's ex exclaiming and uh, highlighting what? That if you waste your life arguing, it's going to kill your heart, it's going to only make you angry, and ultimately, if you have to, then stick to the Qur'an and Sunnah and don't deviate from the subject. And prove that you can stay on subject and stay within your frame. We know that an argument has gone too far, unfortunately, when you find these two qualities. Number one, everybody is angry. Everybody is extremely heated. And point number two, everybody involved knows that regardless of who wins the debate, nobody is going to change their behavior. Unfortunately, I've seen this countless times. People get heated and start arguing so passionately, and you're like, wait a second. If you're right, are you going to do anything about it? If he's right, are you going to do anything about it? And ultimately, it's a futile discussion. Nothing's going to change. So may Allah Ta'ala protect us from wasting our energy on useless things and actually refocus us to useful things. I'll finish with the seventh point in the second khutbah. One of the things that kills a community <clears throat> is showing off, desiring recognition, wanting everybody to recognize me, me, me. Look at what I did. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in many different ayat. When Allah says, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ خَرَجُوا مِن دِيَارِهِمْ بَطْرًا النَّاسِ Don't be like those who came forth from their homes insolently to be seen of people. So whether it be in warfare, I want to go out because I want to go for this battle. Why? For the sake of Allah to spread the truth? No, because I want everybody to see how brave I am. We don't need that type of warrior. When it comes to for, sal for salah, Allah Ta'ala mentions, الَّذِينَ هُمْ Those who come for salah, what? Just to be seen. We don't want that. We don't need these type of sufuf full of people that are just showing off to one another. No connection to Allah Ta'ala. Just, hey, does he see me? Does he see how, how beautiful I am standing here? Showing off can destroy a community. It's very important to remember that it's human nature to want to be part of something that is greater than yourself. It's a beautiful thing. When you see that a group of people are focused on a cause that is greater than yourself, and you know it's a good cause, and you want to be part of it, we all want to be part of something that's greater than ourselves. Joining it is easy. Joining it is a joy. Finding people that are like-minded and all working towards a greater goal. It's a wonderful thing. But the painful part is leaving that group. And we all have to leave sometime. Exiting is what's hard and can be painful. What do I mean by this? Let's think about this community. I've only been here a short few years, but this community has existed for a long time. This community was started by a group of people, some of which have moved away, some of which have passed away, and their memory will continue to fade as the years go by. Currently, right now, I'm giving this lecture. Perhaps I'll invest many years into this community, but there will come a day when I'll have to move on, when there will be new administration, new speakers, new teachers, when I become obsolete, and the movement will go on and forget about my contributions, my memory will fade. This happens to everybody. Sincerity is to accept and to be content that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what you've done, and that's all that matters. The problem in a community is when everybody wants recognition. I want my name and my monument and my face to be recognized for years and years and years to come. Just keep in mind that you want to be part of something greater than yourself. Well, a natural result of that is that it's going to move on one day, and it's not going to need you. Why? Because it was bigger than you. That's why you joined it. You joined it because it was bigger than you. But because it was bigger than you, it will move on without you, and it won't need you anymore. And you will have to watch as new people join and they have new ideas and new concepts and there's focus somewhere else. And you just have to be okay with the fact that, let, hey, that's what I joined, something bigger than me. That's what some people can't handle. They join it because it's bigger than them, but then when it's time to let go, they just can't. So may Allah Ta'ala make us sincere. 
May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who, when we join and get involved in our community, we recognize that ultimately we're going to have to return back to Allah. No one's going to remember my name. I'm not going to be able to take any money with me. No one's going to remember how beautiful I was and how famous I was and how impressive I was. I will have nothing but myself and what I did sincerely for the sake of Allah. So, Ya Allah, make our Islam pure without any forms of shirk whatsoever. Ya Allah, keep our hearts attached to you, never attached to the wicked, never idolizing or looking up to or trying to admire or imitate those who disbelieve. Ya Allah, protect us from narcissism, overconfidence, and arrogance. Ya Allah, make us cherish each other, value each other, and never discount one another. Ya Allah, make us transparent, fair, and honest in our dealings with one another, never lying to one another. Ya Allah, protect us from bickering over trivial matters and help us to discuss important matters in a healthy way. Ya Allah, protect us from showing off and make our efforts sincerely for you and for you alone. Amin, Ya Rabbil Alameen.